Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Each week we learn a little bit more from Dr. Jennings about how affected our brains are by what we observe and believe. Today we dig into that swirling cauldron of truth and lies that seems to be rotating around the world these days. Dr. Jennings is with us on Skype. Dr. Jennings, help us out here. Can our brains be changed by what we, let's say, hear? Absolutely. The way we are designed our brains are in a constant state of flux mm -hmm. and they're changing based on our life experiences, both behaviorally, but also in the thoughts that we think and the beliefs that we hold. Truths and lies have a different impact on the brain and they will change us for good or for ill. And we can talk about that and give some examples, but our brains in a state of flux. A simple example would be if somebody decided to take music lessons or language lessons and learn a new instrument or a new language. The brain is not pre-programmed to play a particular instrument or speak a particular language. Mm -hmm. So if you today were to decide to do that activity, your brain is not making that decision. Your mind is making that decision. But when you make that decision to invest yourself in those activities, your brain begins to rewire itself. And if you keep doing the activity and practicing the instrument or speaking the language over the course of time, an entire network of neural circuit will be formed in your brain, which will correspond to that activity so that you become proficient. And when you become proficient, that means it becomes an automated neural pathway where you don't actually have to think, okay, what key does that little symbol on the paper represent? And which finger do I use to hit it? Or what uh, word is it in this language for that? You don't have to think through it. It's automated. You already know it. And you can do it without actually purposely thinking about doing it because you've established a neural network for it. Now, clarify something for us. You said the brain isn't doing it. The mind is doing it. Well, what do you call the brain and what do you call the mind here? So the brain, if we use a computer metaphor, mm -hmm. the brain is, is the hardware, it's the machine. And the hardware in a computer is the machine, the screen, the hard drive, the keyboard. So the brain would be part of the machinery of our body. We have uh, eyes and, and ears and nose, and we have these organs that bring sensory information in, mm -hmm. and the brain processes the sensory information. But the, the brain doesn't determine the meaning of the sensory information. That's the mind. Uh, you and I both have an English software package. That English language that we speak it was not determined by our brain. It was determined by our life experiences and where we grew up. And as we learned the language, our brain adapted to create a hardware for that language, but I can't open your brain and touch English. Yeah. English is, uh, is part of the software, being analogous to a computer software. Now, every thought that you think has a biological correlate to it, meaning when you look up at the sky and you say, what a beautiful blue sky. If we were scanning your brain while you're doing that, there's brain activity corresponding to that beautiful blue sky. If you look at a piece of artwork and you see the artwork, well, your eyes will translate the photonic signal that hits your retina into neural energy and communicate that into your occipital cortex so that you can see the colors and the shapes and the images of the piece of artwork. But the meaning of the artwork is not determined by the shapes 
or the colors. The meaning of the artwork is determined by your beliefs, your biases, your values, your understandings, which are not brain-determined. They are mind-determined. Mm-hmm. So some person could look at one piece of artwork and see something beautiful, and another person could see something ugly. So that text in the Bible that says, let this mind be in you, is really saying we need to update your software, not your hardware. That is correct. But the way we're designed, you can't update your software without changing the hardware. Ah. So this is why we bring every thought into captivity to Jesus Christ. As we change our thinking patterns, we do change our brain patterns. Now, this is important because it's the rewiring of the brain that actually ultimately changes reflex responses and auto patterns, and people eventually lose some propensities or inclinations to things. Here's one of the design laws. We talk about God's design law, how he built things to operate. One of them is the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it, Mm -hmm. because if you don't use it, you lose lose it. That's not just for muscles. That's what we're talking about. If you want strong language skills, you have to speak it. Strong musical skills, you've got to practice your instrument. Because if you stop doing those abilities, the neural circuits will be pruned back in your brain, and you eventually become less proficient or lose the ability. Same is true for patterns of thinking. If they're perverse patterns, think people say a pornography addiction. If they fuel that addiction, their brain changes make those desires and those images and those imaginations stronger and stronger. But if we stop and break those patterns and focus on whatever is true and holy and righteous and praiseworthy and so forth and fill our mind with these things, then over the course of time, the negative patterns that correspond with the unhealthy behaviors are pruned back and we establish healthy patterns and they become the automated. So it takes less effort to think about the healthy because we've established patterns of healthy thinking in our actual physiology in our brains. This is cool because so actually something physical happens in our brains when we stop doing something that's not good for us. Something physical happens. This is exactly correct. Wow. We will, we will, our brain structure is in a state of change. Now, there are certain things. uh, It only changes within its capacity to change. You're not going to, for instance, be able to, with uh, going out in your yard and flapping your arms really hard, cause your brain to grow circuits for wings so that you can then fly. (laughs) Okay. Okay? All right. Your brain can only change within certain limitations that are wired into the genetics. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And of course, God knows our genetics. God knows how we are wired. And that sort of tells me that verse where God, you know, doesn't ask us to do something that he knows we just can't do. Is that where that ties in? That's exactly. Yes. Okay. So, and we have to remember this. Well, we all have the same moral worth. We all have the same value as children of God. We do not all have the same abilities. Some people like Mozart had clearly better musical ability than me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some people like Michael Jordan have clearly, or Tiger Woods, athletic abilities yeah. better than me. We all don't have the same abilities, and so we are foolish to compare ourselves to others on performance of certain tasks or certain activities and think that we should all have the same results or outcomes. Mm-hmm. That is fraudulent. Mm-hmm. We will not. We all have the same moral value or worth as beings or children of God, so we have capacities to love, to trust, to be honest or dishonest, and so forth. So character capacities are similar, but functional capacities are quite divergent and based on 
oftentimes genetics and then training and life experiences. You know, I first came into contact with this type of uh, situation when I was a school teacher, and I realized looking down at my students that not everyone learns the same way. Back then, they were calling it learning styles. I know that if I put one kid over in the corner by himself, he'll learn better than trying to do it in a classroom. If I have a noisy classroom, one child will do great, and another child will do great in a quiet classroom. So we seem to all have a different way of learning, a different way of growing. God knows that, and I think that we need to, instead of saying, why aren't I like that person? Why isn't God reaching me like he reached that person? We need to say, how is God going to reach me? What kind of learning styles do I have when it comes to God? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, and this goes to some corruption in thinking. We're talking about thinking in the brain and stuff today. Right, right. In our society, when it comes to equality, mm. our framers of the Constitution of the United States got it right when they talked about that we have equality of moral worth, that all were created equal and have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all have equal opportunity, but we all will not get equal outcomes applying the same time to the same activities. I could apply the same time that uh, Mozart applied to studying music, and I will never be Mozart. I just, that's not my gift. That's not where my my brain works. And so people need to understand that and allow for differences in outcomes and differences in abilities while we have the same equal opportunities to pursue the passions or dreams of our heart. With that in mind, I also want to say to you, to give you this difference between brain and mind again, and I want you to consider this example. Let's consider a woman or a person who has cataracts, and cataracts, for people who don't know, are a opacity or opaqueness in the cornea or the lens of the eye, which is the farthest point of the visual system away from the brain. Mm -hmm. And they have cataracts there, and because of that, it distorts what they are seeing, and and there's a Great Dane 200 yards away, but when they look over, because of the cataracts, they perceive a lion, and they shout, oh, there's a lion. Does that person have a mental health problem? Hmm. No, absolutely not. They don't. They don't. They have a perceptual problem. with Okay, let's move it back. They don't have cataracts. They have retinitis pigmentosa. It's back on the back of the eyeball. It's the retina. Same thing happens. There's a great danger. They perceive lion. When they shout lion, do they have a mental health problem? No. Move it into the optic neuron. They have optic neuritis. That's the neuron that takes a signal from the eye into the brain. It's inflamed. They have this misperception again, and they shout lion. Do they have a mental health problem? No. 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 Take it into the brain. They have a tumor in their occipital cortex, and they perceive a... A lion, when it's a Great Dane, do they have a mental health problem? No. no, they have a neurological brain problem. Again, their mind, if they get frightened and they run away, their mind is reacting appropriately. Their problem is perceptual, not a mind that's bad thinking. And then how about somebody with schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. And their brain tells them and sends them signals of a hallucinatory type And thus they react to that in certain ways. Do they have a mind problem? No, they have a brain problem. And this was, if you remember the tragic story of Andrea Yates years ago who drowned her five children with a postpartum psychosis, her brain in a psychotic state sent a signal to her mind telling her that Satan was coming to take her children to hell. And the only way she could protect her children was to send them to heaven. And so she drowned her children to make sure that Satan couldn't get them. Now, Okay. Her mind was making an actual reasonable decision 
but her mind was getting very faulty and distorted information from a brain that wasn't functioning properly. My. I'm sure that this is something that you have to deal with almost on a daily basis with your patients. Am I right? I am. So that's the brain side of it. The other side of it is is when the Bible says in Thessalonians that those who don't love the truth are given over to strong delusion to believe a lie, that we can actually create delusional thinking patterns, not because of a brain pattern or a brain disease, but because we reject and refuse the truth. Mm -hmm. Now, some people distort this and think, well, that's God using his power to make someone delusional. No, it's not. It's how reality works. If we look at the sky and the sky is blue, and we can measure that with a Um, light meter that give you the wavelength of light that is being refracted, I can present that to somebody and they are still free to reject it. No, I don't believe that's blue. (laughs) Fine. Once you reject the truth, it doesn't matter what you choose to believe now, orange, pink, purple, it doesn't matter. Once you reject the truth, the only thing left is lies. And so the Bible is saying if you don't have a heart that loves truth and you reject truth, your mind will become delusional because there are only lies left to rest upon. Wow. Wow. Well, this has given us a lot of of material to think about, uh, Dr. Jennings. And listener, if you want even more material to think about, there's a whole website you might want to visit where you can find all kinds of things to think about. That's comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings keeps it well-stocked with good material, his books, his blogs, these podcasts, radio shows, television programs, all at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, always a pleasure to have you with us sharing your thoughts. Thank you so much. Always great to do it. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>